Hola, bienvenidos. Welcome to the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast. I'm your host, Tamara Marie. Before we get started with this episode, I have a quick question for you. What are you doing to improve your Spanish this summer? Summer is a time for vacations, for getting away, and you might even be planning on visiting a Spanish-speaking country. So it is the perfect time to improve your conversational skills because let's face it, if you've been learning Spanish for any length of time and you haven't been having regular conversations, you are going to fall behind. So this summer, we are not gonna let you do that. Here at Spanish Con Salsa, we are offering a summer boot camp. This is an eight-week boot camp that will focus on Caribbean Spanish and also Spanish grammar. So we're gonna be looking specifically at the past tense. A lot of people get confused between el imperfecto, el preterito, when do I use which one? And we're also gonna be exploring the Caribbean with Puerto Rican Spanish, Cuban Spanish, and Dominican Spanish. So you will have an opportunity opportunity to improve your Spanish and you'll also be able to attend regular conversation practice sessions facilitated by a native speaker all as a part of our Spanish fluency club this summer so if you are interested go to spanishconsalsa.com slash summer that's spanishconsalsa.com slash summer Registration is open now through Sunday. We have limited spots available. So if you're interested, I encourage you to press pause now before you listen to this episode. Scroll down to the description and click on the link or just go to SpanishConSalsa.com slash summer. Hope to see you in the boot camp. Now let's get started with this week's episode. There's so many things that are pulling for our attention, which can make it really difficult to know what to do and to stay focused when we figure it out especially when it comes to learning Spanish. I mean, there's lots of different resources now. There's YouTube videos, there's podcasts, there's textbooks. So it can be really difficult to sort out what is the best thing to do. And once you find it, it's gonna be even more difficult to stay focused on that and not get pulled away to something else. I know everyone jokes around about being a little ADD these days because we're so distracted. But if you actually do have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, ADHD, that can make it even harder to get fluent in Spanish because you're chronically distracted. In this episode, I'm sharing nine ADHD-friendly strategies for distraction-free language learning. Entonces, vamos a empezar. Let's get started. Bienvenidos. Welcome to the Learn Spanish con Salsa podcast. The show for Spanish learners that love music, travel, and culture. Close your grammar textbooks, shut down the language apps, and open your ears to how Spanish is spoken in the real world. Let us show you how to go from beginner to bilingual. Here is your host, certified language coach, Tamara Mari. Hola, ¿cómo estás? Espero que estés súper bien. I'm super excited about this episode because this is a topic I've wanted to talk about for a while. And actually, I was asked to cover this some time ago, but I really was not sure if I wanted to share it, quite honestly. But just in, in full disclosure, as I start this episode, the reason why this is really important to me is because as an adult, I was actually diagnosed with ADHD. So I wasn't aware that I had it the entire time I was in school, even through college. So the struggles that I had, I thought were just some type of character flaw or that, I don't know, I was just not normal, quote unquote, in some way. And so I really, really struggled in traditional academic settings 
uh, which is one of the reasons why I think I really thrive learning Spanish with music for some of the reasons I'm going to talk about in this episode. So whether or not you are neurodivergent, if you have an official diagnosis of ADHD, or if you just think that you might be chronically distracted, which like I said in the intro, many of us are. I mean, the world is prone to distraction. It's actually set up really to keep us distracted, to have different things pulling at our attention. And the world of language learning is no exception to that, especially Spanish. You know, if you've been learning Spanish for a little while, or if you've just started, you may have been overwhelmed initially by how many options there were. You know, some languages, there are very few resources, but Spanish is a pretty popular language for English speakers in particular to learn, which is good and bad because it means that, you know, there's an abundance of resources, but with that abundance, Sometimes we have this decision fatigue, you know, we don't know what to do next. And we end up doing a whole lot of things, not very well all at the same time and making very little progress. So I don't know if I'm just talking about myself here, but <laughs> you may have that experience where you're like, oh, I downloaded this app and I have this course and, oh, I'm going to get back to that one. And, oh, I'm going to sign up for Spanish Con Salsa's Fluency Club the next time around because I'm doing, you know, Duolingo and I'm also doing this other thing I just found on Facebook. I mean, whatever it is, right? There, sometimes we, we can just be inundated uh, with an overflow or overwhelm of information, which can really make it difficult because if we don't stick to any one thing long enough, we're just not going to make progress towards fluency. So whatever strategy you pick, I mean, it's hard to know that something is or isn't working because oftentimes we're not consistent enough to see those results. So I'm going to share with you nine strategies that I have found helpful, definitely have worked for me that helps me make progress in Spanish given my learning difficulties and hopefully can help you too. Again, whether or not you have ADHD or you've just, you know, been accustomed to this distraction prone environment that we're all living in, I think that these tips will help you hopefully with Spanish fluency specifically, but you know, you'll, you'll probably think of some applications for other areas in your life as well. So just like a fun fact, in Spanish, ADHD is actually called TDAH or Trastorno por Déficit de Atención e Hiperactividad. So that's a mouthful, <laughs> just like it is in English. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some strategies that will work. So I'm going to go through nine strategies. I'm going to try to hit these pretty quickly because I want you to get all of them. And I want you to be keeping in mind throughout this, what are one or two that you can apply right away? So, you know, I'm always action oriented in these episodes. I want you to have something that you can actually take with you and begin to do, because if you don't, then you're really just consuming information and, you know, that's fun too, but I'd rather you get some benefit from it by putting these things into practice. Okay. All right. So the first thing, and this can be difficult when we're distracted, especially if we have ADHD, is establecer horarios y rutinas consistentes, or to set consistent schedules and routines. So this is the thing. Oftentimes when we crave novelty or when we have, when we're distracted quite a bit, right? Maybe we're always looking at notifications on our phone. We get a new email about a sale or a new app or something like that. It can be difficult to stick with what you say you're going to do because there's always a temptation to add something else on or to change something instead of following a consistent schedule and routine. And it also can feel like, well, you know, I woke up today. I know I said I was going to study Spanish today, but I really just feel like going outside and taking a walk. Or maybe you get inundated with notifications and you end up going down a rabbit hole about, you know, 
the subjunctive or something like that when you're supposed to be looking at basic pronunciation, right? So it's it's about sticking to a schedule and a routine that's consistent so that you can establish the habit. So even though an ADHD brain or a distracted brain really thinks it doesn't like structure and predictable routines, setting these routines and schedules for practicing and studying the language really can help you maintain focus and reduce any anxiety that might come up. So I know oftentimes people are afraid to speak Spanish. They feel like they're gonna say something silly or again, that that sort of FOMO, the fear of missing out. It's like, well, is this the best use of my time? Could I be doing something else? Is there a better app? Is there a more efficient strategy? Can I get fluent in 89 days instead of 90 days, right? That temptation is always there. So if we can discipline ourselves to have a regular routine then we're less likely to sort of fall subject to some of those anxious moments where we're thinking maybe this isn't the right thing. So having routines, so whether or not it's, hey, every single Friday after lunch, I'm going to have a conversation in Spanish or Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, I am going to uh, review flashcards with audio for the first 15 minutes of the day after breakfast, right? Uh, Whatever it is, like having that consistency in your routine can really help you stay consistent and stay focused and really make progress a lot faster. So that's number one, set consistent schedules and routines. Estrategia número dos, utilizar técnicas de organización como listas y planificadoras. So the second strategy is to use organization techniques like lists and planners. It's really, really important to have some tools to, to help you. One of the common flaws of the ADHD or distracted brain is to think that you will just remember everything. You know, someone tells you, hey, you should really focus on listening comprehension and you should do that, you know, at least 15 to 30 minutes a day. But it's important that you do it daily and you go, "Okay, got you. I'm going to start doing that. And you don't write it down. (laughs) You don't put it on a planner and you don't put it on your list of things to do the next time that you do sit down with your hopefully now more organized schedule if you follow strategy one. Uh, When you go to sit down and actually spend that time, you're not going to know what to do because you're probably not going to remember. So it is a flaw in thinking to just assume that when you hear something, you will commit it to memory. So even if you listen to this podcast, you go, I'll remember those nine strategies. No problem. You probably won't unless you use some type of tool to help you remember and to organize the things that you plan to do. So lists, setting goals, prioritizing tasks, all of these things can really help because not only will it help you set clear objectives so you know exactly what you're trying to accomplish with each study session or practice session, it's also a great way to track your progress. So for instance, if you put down in your planner that you're going to spend 30 minutes a day, Monday through Friday at say 2 p.m. with a listening comprehension exercise, then you will be able to track if you did it. You know, every day you can check it off, done. Or at the end of the week, you can say, oh, you know, I did three out of five. But if we're just going on day to day, we're not using any of these tools, we're not planning. When someone asks us, what are you working on right now with your Spanish? What are you struggling with? We're just like, Um, well, I think, you know, I did try this listening thing once, but I was okay. And you really don't even have an idea of how to answer because you've got no information. You're going off a vague sense of your memory and you're like, well, I know I did it in October. Like I spent two weeks. I know for sure. Well, maybe it was only a day. You know what happened? Then it was my cousin's birthday and then I stopped doing it. And so I haven't even opened that app since then. 
right? Sound familiar? <laughs> so the idea is using these tools, again, it's a way to help us get a little bit more disciplined and keep track of what we're doing so we can know if what we're doing is working. So if we don't use these tools, then we're never going to really know. Um, and if you're, you're a longtime listener to the podcast and you might be familiar with our Planificador Semanal, our weekly planner for language learners. This was actually designed by our community of Spanish learners. It was like, what do you guys need? What do you think would help you? So it's very, very specific. It's not like a, a planner that you'll buy in the store. It's very specific to learning Spanish. And we have the activities outlined in the planner for you to fill in, but only those activities that will take you closer to fluency. So it's very, very focused. So if you're interested in it, you know, we'll put a link in the show notes if you want to check it out. And, you know, we have uh, some guidance on how to use it there. You know, we've covered that in other areas. So I'm not going to go into that now, but that is a very, very helpful tool. And we found that most people, when they use it, they're blown away because it really helps you organize your thoughts and your approach. And you know exactly what to do each week. And you know that the things that you're doing are going to be effective. So any kind of tool, even if you don't get our planner, whatever you use, just make sure you have some types of ways to uh, track things and, you know, put them in your calendar, right? So that way you know exactly what you're doing when you sit down with your routine. Estrategia número tres, practicar la técnica Pomodoro. So strategy three is to practice the Pomodoro technique. So this is under, you know, once you do sit down, is, these are things that can help you stay focused. Now, if you have ADHD, again, or just ADHD tendencies, <laughs> even if you haven't been uh, formally diagnosed, then it can be hard or daunting to just sit down for a long period of time, right? And there are different types of ADHD, not to go too much into it, but there, you know, some people might think of the classic sort of, you know, four-year-old that's running around in circles and can't sit still. Um, actually, that's just one subtype of ADHD where you are more physically hyperactive, but many people have an inattentive type or combined. Now, inattentive just means that you have a lot of distraction, but most of it's internal. You know, a lot of it's in your head. So even though you don't look like you're jumping around, your brain is jumping around <laughs> inside your head. There is that four year old, even though the, the outside world can't see right The outside world. You just look a little aloof. You look a little, you know, not present, not there. And it's because you're running through all of these things in your head, right? So in any case, you don't have to be physically hyperactive, but even, even if you're not physically hyperactive, it can be just overwhelming the idea that you're going to sit down for an hour, you know, to, to study. So I actually recommend if you have ADHD, or even if you're just a normal human that <laughs> finds study to be a bit boring at times, I really wouldn't go over, you know, like a half an hour session, especially if you're doing some solo study. Now, if you're having a conversation with a person, I mean, again, half an hour is probably a good time, but you know, that's a little bit more dynamic. It's probably going to hold your attention more. So I would say maybe you can go up to an hour with conversation, but generally I would say in birds of 30 minutes. So that brings us to the Pomodoro technique because that's a way of dividing your time that you're going to actually practice or study the language into intervals. So you're doing concentrated work and then you're doing a rest period. So you work and then rest or study and then rest. So you're only expected to hold your attention for a short time. Uh, and this can really help. It avoids that mental fatigue that comes from just sitting there slugging away. It's like, how much can I learn about the past tense? And oh my gosh, how many verb conjugations are there, right? So 
If you are able to take some short breaks, it can really help you maintain your attention. And there's a Pomodoro timer, which, you know, you can get any timer. I think it's more shaped like a like a red ball or a tomato or something. I don't know. But anyway, basically, you know, recommended probably like a 25 minute followed by five minutes of, of a break or rest. Or you can break it down into smaller chunks of time if you want, maybe 10 or 15 minutes, followed by maybe a minute of a break. As long as you have some breaks in there, it can just be so much easier to sit yourself down for that time. And also, it feels less daunting. Like you say, look, I can do anything for 10 minutes, and then I'm going to take a break. And then I'll do 10 more minutes and then take a break. And if you do three cycles of that, you've gotten in 30 minutes. But it also helps you laser focus, because if you only have 10 minutes, you're not going to sit and start reading a novel which probably won't help you too much with fluency anyway, but that's another story. So it really does help you focus, what am I gonna do in these 10 minutes? What can I do? Okay, maybe I can get through five vocabulary words and write examples with all five of them and then read it back to myself and record myself, you know, saying them. Like, you'll have a, very, a much more focused plan because you have a dialed in amount of time. All right, so that's estrategia numero tres. Y numero cuatro es eliminar distracciones y crear un entorno de estudio libre de estímulos innecesarios. So you want to eliminate distractions and create a study environment that's free of unnecessary stimuli. That sounds fancy. This is basically a way of saying you want to have a pretty sanitary place where you're focused on the language, right? So I don't know about you, but you know, and I don't, I don't know if this is unique to ADHD, but for me, physical clutter is very distracting. If I go sit down at a desk and my bills are out, my letters are there, I'm even looking at my desk now, I have a couple flyers sitting here, I got some post-it notes, what else? I got a, something, a piece of mail that I had, <laughs> right? So I don't have the ideal environment right now while I'm recording this podcast, but anyway. But all those things can be very distracting. And when you're distracted, of course, you realize, you know, you're switching your attention from one thing to the other. And you're not going to make as much progress, right? Because you have all these things kind of cluttering up your attention. So it makes it really, really hard to focus. So as much as you can, you know, create a clutter-free environment. So even if it's like your kitchen table or, or somewhere that you have a designated area that's quiet, or even if you need some background noise, like white noise or listening to classical music, I know that really helps me uh, sometimes have an environment where you can be free of distractions and it doesn't have anything else that's gonna draw your attention away. And I don't think I need to say this, but obviously we don't want to have our notifications on our phone buzzing and our email notifications up on our computer because those will distract us. You know, And you might think, oh, it's only gonna take me a second to check that, but honestly, those seconds add up. And if you're only doing a 10 minute block and you're using that Pomodoro technique, you don't have time to go check what your cousin just texted you. It could wait 10 minutes, right? So again, eliminate distractions, get rid of that clutter, and that will definitely help you stay focused. Número cinco, incorporar el uso de imágenes y colores en el aprendizaje. You want to use images and colors in your learning. Now, the reason for this is, you know, even if you're not a visual learner, you know, some people say, oh, I'm a visual learner, I'm an auditory learner, and those things have kind of been, quite honestly, debunked. I mean, we all learn through all of our senses, but most people actually are you know more apt to remember images or visual things than than just audio or, or any other format so even though people say oh i'm a visual learner oh, i'm an auditory learner yes i do prefer personally to to take in information through audio particularly with language you know it makes sense when you're trying to learn conversation but 
adding in these images and colors makes things more vibrant and more likely to stay in your memory. So using images, colors, using visual cues with like flashcards, that can really help reinforce your memorization and help you, especially with vocabulary. This is one of those areas where with vocabulary it's really, really helpful. So if you're making any type of flashcards, and I always recommend to use flashcards with audio so that you're not, again, reading it in your head with your, as I call it, your inner gringo voice or gringa voice, where you might actually be mispronouncing the word, even though it's in your internal dialogue. So then when you hear someone actually say it, it sounds really strange. You're like, oh, I didn't know how you pronounce that. So I always recommend using flashcards with audio and Quizlet is a really good app for that. I mean, there's others, I'm pretty sure there's lots of options, but I like Quizlet because it has the audio component automatically and you can add an image to your flashcards. So adding the image and the audio, like that, that combination, you know, you're reading it, you're seeing a picture, you're listening to it. That is a great way to reinforce your memory. And again, it also helps you keep your attention because if you have ADHD, it's hard to remember things. You know, it's hard to remember things because it's hard to focus on them. So if you, if you have something that gets your attention, you're much more likely to remember it because the gateway to memory is focus and concentration, okay? So try as best you can to use some images, make things colorful, make them fun, make them appealing so that they're novel and novelty is just something that distracted and ADHD brains love. Estrategia número 6, realizar actividades prácticas y participativas. So engage in hands-on and interactive activities. Now, this is important. I am a firm believer that you have to start doing the thing that you want to learn. You're going to do it badly at first, but everything that's worth doing is worth doing badly at first, <laughs> because that's the only way that you get better. If you never do it, then you won't be great at it at all. Picasso didn't first pick up a paintbrush and make a masterpiece, right? The first time out the gate. I'm pretty sure he scribbled like a toddler, like um, everyone else, but the difference was he just kept at it and he kept practicing. So this is especially true when it comes to conversation. And I always say that you will never become fluent in Spanish if you don't ever speak the language. I don't care how much vocabulary you know. I don't care if you're on level 15,000 of Duolingo with 18 trophies. You will not get to fluency if you do not speak the language. So I recommend starting as early as possible. You don't have to speak from day one necessarily, but you know, as close to that as you can. Uh, because what you don't want is to reinforce a lot of bad habits that you're developing internally because you've never tested them out in the real world. So having real conversations, doing role playing and doing more interactive exercises. So instead of maybe just reading something, maybe you do something with a quiz or that has something that you have to respond to. Anything that's stimulating. For ADHD brain, this is really important because we tend to, to zone out and the thoughts in our own head are way more interesting than the thing that we're doing if it's super boring. So try as best you can to engage in activities that are interactive and things that call your attention. Número siete, obtener un coach de idiomas. Number seven is to get a language coach. So this is actually something that has helped me in other areas of life. Even before I became a language coach, most people associate coaching with sports, right? And they might go, why, why would I need a coach? Like, that sounds strange. I just need someone to teach me and tell me what to do. But coaching is a process that's different from going to a class because quite frankly, someone can tell you information and transmit it to you, but you're a lot less likely to remember it 
than if you are being coached. And the difference with the coaching approach is that it provides personalized guidance and support that's tailored to your needs and to the particular way that you learn. That is so important when you have ADHD because oftentimes things that work for neurotypicals do not work for ADHD brains. So in order to maintain motivation, you really do need to have some guidance so that when you do get bored with something, when the novelty does wear off, you can have another approach or another resource that will still keep you focused towards your goal without taking you completely off track. And boredom is the off-ramp for the ADHD brain. If we are bored, we're not gonna do it. We're gonna quickly quit that activity. So if you find learning Spanish boring, then again, it can be really, really difficult to stick with it. So you have to find an approach that will work for you. And coaching is a great way to do that because the other thing that coaching really helps you with is to identify your blind spots. So that's those things that you don't know that you're doing wrong or that you could be doing better. And we, yeah, we're all pretty smart and I'm sure you can research things online. You can spend a lot of time diving into YouTube videos and learning different strategies, but you really won't know if they work for you until you test them out. And you might not even really know that the test is working or not unless you get feedback. Right. So getting some constructive feedback, having another pair of eyes, and it also can be encouraging because I think a lot of times we can be perfectionistic. We have really high standards for ourselves. Many of us who like to learn things in general, or especially those of us who are like, I'm going to be fluent in another language. For some people, that's an impossible task and they won't even try. But if you're thinking, oh, I want to be fluent. I mean, that's a pretty high standard. So it can be really difficult because you might be thinking it's been a year. Why am I not fluent yet? Or it's been six months. I should be able to speak better. Or I saw so-and-so record a YouTube video and they sound better than me. Or I just watched this thing and I didn't understand it at all. And I've been studying for two years. Like we have all of these like negative voices in our head. And coaching can be an approach that really helps us see our progress over time so that we can begin to consistently you know, really be positive about the language learning process and notice and take note of the things that we are doing right and then do more of those things. But without coaching, it can feel sometimes a little bit waffling. Other things in life can come up, you'll get distracted and you might not even know if what you're doing is working because if you haven't put in into place all these strategies we discussed before, you really are flying blind. And a coach can help you see that. They can say, hey, look, you've been at this for a year. You've done great, but here are some things that you can tweak that'll get you there faster. And that's why at Spanish Con Salsa, we really shifted to this approach because we realized that it helps with motivation. It, it really does, it's really effective because it's goal oriented as well. The idea of just being fluent in the language is, is really empty. Um, it's not a goal, I've said that before. A goal has some guidelines to it, right? It should be a lot more specific so that you can be successful. Okay, so coaching is just a great, great process for language learning. It really does help. And the fact that it's a personalized approach, it can help you stay on track is so important because it provides that accountability that we won't have otherwise. You know, many of us, when we're learning a language, it's something we're doing for us. Uh, even if, you know, our motivation is clearly you want to communicate with someone else. Uh, it's, a, it's like a personal development goal, really, when you look at it. And, and to reach that goal, you're the only one there to hold yourself accountable. So if you don't feel like doing it, you'll just blow it off. But a coach keeps you accountable because you know, oh, I'm gonna have to check in with my coach at the end of the week. Let me make sure I get this done. So having someone else to hold you accountable is super, super important, particularly if you have ADHD, because that external accountability really does trump that little voice inside that wants to just run off and do nonsense or <laughs> try some other thing that they just Googled today because they thought of it this morning, right? So we want to stay on track and external accountability through coaching helps us do that. 
Okay, we only got two more. We're almost done. Número ocho. Utilizar contenido interesante. So number eight is to use interesting content. So the ADHD brain craves novelty. So that just means we want new stuff all the time. I want it to be new, the new, the shiny, the shiny red ball syndrome. <laughs> so you have to use content that is of interest to you. So using like a boilerplate, like, oh, I'm going to just study how to order food in a restaurant or what to say when I travel because every single course on language learning covers those topics. But maybe you're really into soccer. Like my son right now is super into <laughs> into soccer or football. So the, the World Cup was like a big deal. Messi coming over to the U.S., being in, in Miami, huge deal, especially in the Latin American in the sports world. Huge, huge, huge deal. But in any case, you know, he's interested in soccer. So why would I make him sit through a lesson on how to order food at a restaurant? You know, so again, it doesn't mean that you don't ever need to learn that. But if you have ADHD or if you're constantly distracted or you find yourself being inconsistent, finding content that's interesting to you will naturally pull you towards it. So we don't want to use a push motivation where we feel like we have to push ourselves to do something. We want something that's so interesting, so intriguing, so novel that it pulls us in because then it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't feel like we have to study. It's like, oh, I want to know what Messi said in this interview when they were speculating, was he going to come to Miami? Was he going to leave the other league? So these are things that are naturally of interest if you're into soccer. So you want to pick things that you're interested in. For me, it was music. I started dancing salsa. I love the, the music. I love the community. I wanted to know what the music was about. And I listened to it all the time. Think about things that you're just obsessed with. Maybe it's cooking. Maybe like Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know. <laughs> But whatever you're obsessed with, use that as your Spanish content. Let your coach know about it. Or if you have a tutor, say, hey, look, I really like comedy. Can you tell me some comedians to watch? And maybe we can watch it together. And depending on your level, maybe you won't get a lot of the jokes right away. Maybe it's going to take you, an, you know, the full 30 minutes just to get through the first two lines of the opening act of the show. But you love comedy, so it's going to be worth it. It's not going to feel hard. You're going to be like, I want to know what the punchline is. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to translate this. I'm going to read it again. I'm going to listen to it again. So again, you want to use content that's interesting because that will naturally pull you towards it. And you don't really have to worry about you know, will I feel like doing this today? And the last strategy, numero nueve, priorizar el autocuidado y la gestión del estrés. You want to prioritize self-care and stress management. Now, I know you might go, what does that have to do with language learning? The fact of the matter is, if your brain is in a state of constant and chronic stress, it is going to be difficult to learn anything. When you are in fight, flight, or freeze mode, which is what happens when we're chronically stressed, and chronic just means, you know, for extended period of time, right? Everyone gets stressed out. There's stressful things that happen in life. So we're not saying to be stress-free. That's not really realistic. But you want to learn how to manage your stress and prioritize your self-care because if your brain is not primed for learning, you can spend an hour trying to implement these strategies and you won't be able to focus. If you're sleep deprived, you won't be able to focus. If you haven't eaten properly, you won't be able to focus. 
physical exercise, which is good for you, also helps you focus, especially if you have ADHD. These are all strategies that if you put yourself in a good position and you're not stressed out about everything, then you can have a clear mind and that clear mind can help you focus on any activity that you need to do. So, you know, most of us are, are adults with busy lives. We have careers, we have businesses, we have families, we have friends, we have partners. We have we have lots of other interests, other things to do just besides learning Spanish. So if you're, if you're not a full-time language learner, and even if you are, you really do have to put your well-being or your bienestar at the top of your priority list because a clear mind is a mind that can learn. A cluttered, stressed out, you know, burnt out mind will not be able to retain a language, right? So that was it, my nine strategies for learning a language if you have a distraction-prone brain. Just a brief review. Numero uno, establecer horarios y rutinas consistentes. Set consistent schedules and routines. Numero dos, utilizar técnicas de organización como listas y planificadores. Use organization techniques such as lists and planners. Numero tres, practicar la técnica Pomodoro. Practice the Pomodoro technique, so short bursts of study with, with breaks in between. Número cuatro, eliminar distracciones y crear un entorno de estudio libre de estímulos innecesarios. So eliminate distractions and create a study environment free from unnecessary stimuli. So get rid of that clutter. Número cinco, incorporar el uso de imágenes y colores en aprendizaje. Incorporate the use of images and colors in learning. Número seis, realizar actividades prácticas y participativas. Engage in hands-on and interactive activities. Número siete, obtener un coach de idiomas. Number seven is to get a language coach. Número ocho, utilizar contenido interesante. Number eight, use interesting content. Y número nueve, priorizar el autocuidado y la gestión del estrés. Prioritize self-care and stress management. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'm curious to hear from you, which one or two of these techniques will you put into practice this week? Feel free to send me a message directly, host at LearnSpanishConSalsa.com. You can also message us on Instagram at LearnSpanishConSalsa and let me know which one of these resonated with you the most is something that you really feel like if you implemented it, you'd be able to stay focused on your goals and really begin to make progress with language learning. So I really, again, hope this helped you. I also want to direct you to our website, LearnSpanishConSalsa.com slash ADHD. That's LearnSpanishConSalsa.com slash ADHD for the notes for this episode. And we're going to actually include the show notes in English and Spanish so that you can get some more information there. And again, I'll also include a link to our language learning planner. And if you think that, you know, you want to implement the strategy of getting a language coach, definitely you book a call with our team, SpanishConSalsa.com slash coach. Uh, we can have a session with you where we can help you map out a 90-day goal that will get you closer to conversational fluency. So again, you know, check us out, see if that's something that might help you. But I'm just curious to know which one of these or, or two, maybe, maybe even three, <laughs> but at least one, which one of these strategies are you going to implement next week? So I look forward to hearing from you. And as always, I hope that something in this episode has helped you go one step closer from Spanish beginner to bilingual. Hasta la próxima.
Thank you for listening to the Learn Spanish con Salsa podcast at LearnSpanishConSalsa.com. Salsa